This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. I, Lord, I thank you that for laughter and all the great jokes you give me. I just thank you so much, Lord. I, w- I want to thank you, Lord, for our next breath. Thank you, Lord, for this family. Thank you, Lord, for doing great, mighty things in our lives. And we want to honor you and give you glory today by listening to your word, not just being a hearer only, but obeying your word and doing what you say to do. Because we know that you love us the most and you always have our good in in mind. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you and give you the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week we talked about identity and we talked about how God made you awesome. He made you wonderful. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And uh, some of you are Mr. Wonderful. Some of you are Mrs. Awesome or Miss Awesome. And we need to get that in our thinking because how many know the world out there says you're not awesome. You're not Mr. Wonderful. Things aren't so good. And how many know the world's opinion can go up and down and can change? But the word of God's unchanging. He doesn't change his mind about you. He always, always thinks the best about you. And we looked at Paul's prayer in Ephesians. And I'm not going to read it to you. But if you didn't hear last week, go back and listen. Because it really will help with this one. But Ephesians 1, 15 through 21 is a spirit-led prayer that you need to be praying for yourself. And Paul prayed, and he prayed, number one, that we would know who we are, what the hope of our calling is, and how to walk in this new new place of having a relationship with God. And then he talked about that we would know what our inheritance is, our inheritance in the saints. You know, we're joint heirs of Jesus. We have an inheritance it takes revelation to understand the inheritance that we have. Then number three, he said that we would know the power, the same power that was wroth or uh, displayed, wroth as King James, raised. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, that same power that raised him from the dead resides on the inside of us. So what is Paul praying? He's not praying that we would become somebody We are somebody in Christ. He's not praying that we would get an inheritance. He's saying that we would know, have a revelation and know how to receive from our inheritance. And the same with power. We're not really praying for more power. We have power in us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And when you study that out, it said that God used his arm to raise Jesus from the dead. God used his arm, and it it took more power to do that than create the universe. You got more power in you than it took to create the universe. Think about that for a while. That should cause your mind to tilt a little bit. So you have power in it. So we looked at, and we're going to 
go back to our key scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. And we don't know the Lord according to the flesh because we weren't here when he walked on the earth, but there were some that were, and they had to learn not to associate him with the flesh, but the spirit. And we learn about the Lord through the scripture and the Holy Spirit. And, and actually, that's the way you learn about yourself too. It's through the scripture and the Holy Spirit. You, you learn about your, yourself from God, not someone else. Somebody can tell you, but it takes a hearing God's voice, a revelation coming from him, speaking to us. And I'll just throw this out there. I believe that Jesus discovered who he was by reading the scriptures and the Holy Spirit revealing it to him. And then it was confirmed to him at the water baptism. God spoke. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, say in Christ. This is, I, I think it's over 130 times. In Christ, in him, in whom. At Christ, in Christ is your new location. When you accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, you're now in Christ. And in Christ is a whole different way of life. Everything changes from the way it was before. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. So we find that we become a new creation. When you're placed in Christ, you're a brand new creation. God didn't just repair your spirit or make some adjustments. He made you brand new. You are brand new on the inside in your spirit man. And in your spirit, all things are of God. Because the Bible says, he that is joined into the Lord is one spirit. The Holy Spirit was fused with your spirit and you became one with the Lord and his spirit. A new creation. God's masterpiece. Just awesome. God sees you in Christ. That's the way God sees you. That's the reason he didn't fall off the throne when you mess up. Because he sees you in Christ. But here's the key to living the abundant life and serving God, fulfilling your purpose and the plan that he has for your life. You've got to know you're in Christ. You've got to see yourself in Christ. It's the most restful, peaceful place to be is in Christ, in him. And I could get in the spirit, soul, and body, but you know, even after you're a new creation and you have a brand new spirit, you're a brand new you, there's still a part of you that did not get saved. 
And that is your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and your, and your body. And your, your mind has a progressive salvation. Your body has a future salvation. But the immediate thing to happen, you got a brand new spirit, a brand new nature on the inside of you. The nature of God is there. But we have something to do. We have to get our soul in line. You're a new creation, but you still are acting like the world. Your spirit is like it's held hostage to this unrenewed mind. All the trash from the past and old experiences and memories are still there. And it's up to us to be obedient to the word and do what he says to do. Where we can get our, our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our decisions, our imaginations in line with our spirit. And then we can put the flesh, our body, we can get our body in line. Two against one. So your mind or your soul is the, like the open door to your spirit and to the outside world. We have to make sure that we are feeding our soul on the word of God. Is there another way? No. It's God's way. It's just the way that you do it. You will never live life God intended for you until your mind's renewed. It's just not going to happen. And once you do that, God starts to work on those habits, those, those things that are contrary to who you are in your spirit. Your mind's renewed, and you start to change. And he'll show you something. The first, maybe I should bring this up. The first thing that happened, you'll start having some choices. Maybe you didn't have a choice before. You just automatic pilot. Now, maybe you had an anger issue and it was just automatic pilot. And then all of a sudden, as you're walking with God, you have a choice. And you realize you have a, oh, I don't have to do that. I can choose. So maybe you don't make the right choice, but all of a sudden you start making the right choices and you can get to the point where you're on automatic pallet not to respond to that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how far can you go in this identity? Well, <laughs> Paul came to the point, he said, it's no longer I that lives. Wow. Uh, you think about it, that's some radical statement. It's no longer I that even lives, it's Christ in me. Whew. Ephesians 4:22, it says, put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new man. Was the new man? He was created in true righteousness and holiness. Talking about your spirit. You're to put that on yourself. You're to be clothed with that. Put it on. 
That's our part. We put it on. He's not going to put it on you. You put it on. Oh, God, won't you just zap me and put it on me? No. And, and, and let me say, this renewing, getting the word of God in you to where you see it and you identify with it, it's, it's, it's also that relationship with the Lord. You're changed in your relationship with the Lord and putting the word of God in you. It's working. It may not seem like it's working, but it's working. If you'll keep on, it is working on you. How I many can I testify that it works? It's a process, but it works. So it's the new man that we're to put on, the, the attitudes, the, the things that the word says, because that's the only way you can see in your spirit is through the word of God. All things are of God. That's the reason 1 Peter 4, 17, it says, as he is, so are we in this world. How are we like him in this world? Because your spirit. Now, he wants you to get there where your spirit, soul, and body are in agreement with him. You're dominating your flesh, your your mind, your will, emotions, your, even your imagination, your decisions are in alignment with God. That's the place where God is on the scene and just awesome things are happening in your life. And you don't even recognize yourself. Anybody experience that? If you've been walking with the Lord for a while, you think back to some things and you go, what? That was crazy. I didn't realize it was so crazy then, but it was crazy. Don't even recognize myself. Let me say this too. When, you, when the Bible talks about flesh, it's more than just our bodies. It's the carnal, unrenewed mind. That's the old man. You don't have uh, two spirits. <laughs> That people say, I have the nature of the devil and I have the nature of God. Well, you're in trouble. <laughs> you got the nature of God. That's where the Holy Spirit came to live. So put off the old man. And how many times, and I did this, I got saved. I tried to have the best flesh I could have. I would spank my flesh and I mean, I mean, I tried to be pure D, USD, organic flesh. I mean, I would, I'm on, but I found out I could not train this flesh. This flesh would get away from me. I'd spank it and then finally, well, spankings aren't working. I, I just, I cannot do this. Then I heard a man preaching, Brother Hagen. He was preaching on in him realities. And he said, you want to change your life? Change what you're seeing. Change your focus. Change your vision. Start believing what God says about you. I didn't even know what he said about me, but I found out. 
I thought he was upset with me because my flesh was acting up. After I got saved, I had, I had worse thoughts. My flesh was worse, it seems like, <laughs> after I got saved than before. Anybody in here experience that or that just me? Oh, thank you. Thank you for that witness. There's two or three of us. I'm going, what in the world? That's the reason I was Did I even get saved? I mean, it's like I made a wrong turn here and things are worse than they've ever been. Thoughts I've never had before. Let me say it's a waste of time to train your flesh. You've got to walk in the spirit. You'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How do you walk in the spirit? You walk according to the word. You put on. How do you put off? Put on. Put on the new man. Put your mind to thoughts, opinions, desires, imagination, even your vision of the new man, the new creation on the inside of you. Until you're transformed in your conduct and behavior changes. It will change. I mean, you know, you can live with a mindset from the old Jew and live a life struggling always to overcome the flesh. You've got to change your mind. That mindset has to come down. Let me ask you, how many have done stupid since you've been saved? Hallelujah, I'm in the right church. I'm well qualified. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> we've, done, we've done stupid. And not, but what we have to see, this is a process. That's the reason we have a family. We're compassionate and merciful towards each other. But if I... Yeah, line, my friend should be able to come say, Bob, I see you're off course here. And listen. Because we're in this together. Well, the devil wants to tell you what you did is who you are. And he's a liar. What you did is not who you are. You are who God says you are. Period. Well, that changes everything. Because I thought I was. What I did wrong. So I listened to the enemy. And he says, that's who you are. I found that's not who I am. So I got to the point. I'd mess up. And I would repent. Now, why do we repent? Because we want to close the door to the enemy. And also, we need cleansing for our soul, our emotions, our mind, our intellect. We, we need cleansing from that. The cleanse is from all unrighteousness. You're not cleansing your spirit man. There is no more cleansing for your spirit man if you become dark in there because Jesus not be crucified again. So, it's for your soul that you repeat and you do for, repent and do First John 1, 9. Faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us from all the unrighteousness. There's a cleansing that takes place. You feel so good after you repent. Amen? But if you ever identify 
what, the, what you've done wrong, you will not stop doing what you identify with. Let me put it this way. You become what you identify with. Even doctors and psychologists, uh, psychologists know that the strongest influence is your beliefs, what you believe about yourself. And people identify and then they own it, but we've got to disown it. Well, everyone in my family, they, they have an anger problem. Well, you changed families. Stop identifying with that and start saying, no, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Well, everyone in my family deals with drugs. No. I'm of a different family. That's what the word says. And we have to disown that identity and say no to it, resist it. And God gives you the strength and the power to be free. We have to agree with him. I was thinking about, I dealt with some men who were former alcoholics. They've been free for a few years, but they were still involved in their group meetings. And um, be careful here because, I mean, uh, I think there are some wonderful um, groups and stuff that they work together and stuff but they've been free for years and they got turned on to the Lord and they said they felt grieved every time they went to a meeting and they had to confess I'm an alcoholic so so they came and, and talked to me and said why are we feeling grieved you know it says because you're speaking against your identity you're not an alcoholic Well, what should we do? I would, first of all, I'd stop saying that. I'm not going to identify with my weakness. I'm going to identify with the new creation. I'm not going to regard myself after the flesh. I don't even regard an unbeliever after the flesh. An unbeliever who's acting crazy, I'm not even thinking about their flesh. I'm thinking they just need Jesus. There's acting like a sinner. A fish swims. A dog barks. A cat meows. A cow moos. <laughs> Do I have to go through the, all the childhood book here? They're doing what comes naturally to them. Don't get upset. They're flesh. Don't regard the flesh. Pray for them to get saved. Be a blessing to them and minister the truth to them. Now, I might get in the water, but I'm not a fish. <laughs> I might mess up here, but that's not who I am. Thank you, Lord. Because of my new identity, in Christ, I can change and overcome 
the flesh. Deception of the devil, I believe that I am my mistake and you never overcome it. Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed in this world. Do not be molded, shaped, fashioned after this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He's telling this right here what to do. You will be conformed to this world unless you renew your mind. And you don't do it just, well, I did that last year. <laughs> no. We're in process the rest of our life. I remember getting in some spots and said, man, I'm in a good spot. I think, I think I may have arrived. You know, maybe God, you know. Oh, no. As soon as I did that, he put the finger on something like what? Doing that damn right. Boy, you're telling the truth, Lord. Of course he is. I've got to deal with this. We're in process the rest of our life here on this earth. Enjoy the process. And it is a joy when God shows something to you because he's just bringing you to a greater place. Be transformed. The gospel is not a behavior management plan. That's huge. The gospel is not a behavioral management plan. What is it? The gospel is a transformation plan. Let him transform your life. Transformation. That, that word, you know, renew your mind, let him transform me. That word transform is, I used to say this word wrong all the time, metamorphosis. Thank you. Rob would try and tell me how to say it. Caterpillar to a butterfly. That's what this is talking about. What's that speak of? Process. Process. Keep putting the word of God into you until the light bulb comes on. Revelation will come and you will own it. It is your identity. Time came where I believed and I knew I was saved. I had the witness of the Holy Spirit. I never asked God to save me again. A lot of people identify with their uh, weakness or their, say their sickness. It's ministry in another church and I'm, I'm, a man there, a pastor wanted me to pray for. And he came up and he told me all about his sickness and disease. And he said that doctors are now calling him from all over the United States. He said, I've studied this out. I've researched it. And I'm thinking inside, stop. Stop. I said, would you like to be prayed for? <laughs> oh, yeah, you can pray for me. I mean, it's like praying for a fire hydrant. I mean, man, get to someone. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. But, you know, um, I probably could have been a doctor, you know. And he's right back into that. Why? He identified so much with the sickness 
They had overtaken him. And that's who he was. That's who he'd be until he changed his mind and started agreeing with God, what God said about him. Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is an outward expression of our new identity in Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is on the inside of your spirit. The way that you work out your salvation, the way that you work out that fruit is by renewing your mind to the Word of God and walking it out. How many know that you have a tree, apple tree out here, it didn't just, one day you, you plant it and the next day you got apples. Tree comes up, you know, it doesn't one day uh, have no apples, next day full-blown, full-grown apples. Doesn't happen. It's a process. It's a process. As you renew your mind, the fruit develops and it will come forth. And Jesus will change you by his power, transforming you. I'm not doing something to become something. I did some of that. Doing something to become something, not realizing I was already something because he made me something. You know, God's not impressed with our good works. Kidding. <laughs> our good works are really for men to see. Our good works don't impress him at all. He loved us before we did anything. It's just like you have a, a, a little child. You love that child with all your heart. But that child hadn't done any good works for you. If you really analyze the situation, that child's done some has caused a lot of work for you. But you love that child. <laughs> anyway, unconditionally. See, we were made for good works, but the good works come after you're made, new creation, after he's already loved you. He loves you. Now he's going to reward you for your works. But I don't do good works to become something or earn something from God. It's freely given. It's called grace. It's his mercy. And he's faithful to it. Wow. So you allow God to transform, change the way you think. The rest of our Christian life on this earth is learning to live from the place of our spirit. Your spirit already has the, that fruit in you. And James 1, 21, this is not in your notes. Um, I thought about it this morning. It is in, it's amazing. I added that, okay. Wow. 
Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow wickedness and receive with meekness or humility the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Anyone who is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God, looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. Say continues in it. And it's not forget for here, here, but do her the word. This one will be blessed when he does. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine looking in a mirror and then you, you go down uh, just a ways, there's another mirror and you look in the mirror, who's that? Don't recognize yourself. That's what he's talking about, the word of God. You have to look in it. It's a transformational mirror. How many remember mirror, mirror on the wall? This mirror has supernatural power to cause you to look like who you are. And you look in the mirror because that's the only way you can see. You let God define who you are. You look in that mirror, and that mirror will cause you to look just like it is. Not forgetful here. Romans 8, 5 through 7. This is not in your notes. Okay. <laughs> Put this in this morning. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit... For to be carnally minded is death, or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many want life and peace? Be spiritually minded. Feed on the word of God and let it renew your mind. And you have life and peace. Time is, oh, well, I was going to look at uh, Jesus, and when you look at the, in, in Mark 4, when he was tempted by the devil, went into the wilderness, what did the devil say? He'll say, if you are the son of God. What was the devil doing? Attacking his identity. What happens to us today? Same thing. He, he said, turn this, these stones into bread. In other words, prove to me you're the, the son of God. What's the devil do to us today? Well, you call yourself a Christian. Why did you act like that? Why did you do this? Why did you think that? Why did you kick your dog? Why did you... Treat your mother that way or sister. Or... See, the devil is bringing accusations against us and trying us to get us to doubt our identity. He was trying to get Jesus to doubt who he really was, who the Father had said he was. 
It happened all the way to the end of his ministry. All the way through, you find it. His identity is being attacked. Are we any different than the master? No, we'll be attacked. And there comes a point you don't have to prove anything to anyone. (laughs) I mean, you know who you are. And you walk this thing out. And it doesn't matter. I mean, I can't tell you why the flesh and uh, all of us have flaws in the flesh. Would everyone agree with that? That we need to, to work on. And it, it could be that you're, you know, there's some people that can take one drink. I don't know why, and they're, they're hooked. There's different weaknesses, and it's, it might be sexuality. It might be a, a same-sex attraction. Some of us uh, deal with opposite-sex attraction. Oh, come on, man. I'm not saying you're getting less. I'm saying you deal with it, right? You deal with it by the Spirit. It's the same with anything. You deal with it by the Spirit and refuse to identify with it. Take authority over it. Dust yourself off and say, I'm not doing that again because that's not me. And you walk before the Lord. And let him transform you and change you. It's the same thing. No matter what the weakness is, it's the same thing. I get God's identity on it and I pound it in me until it changes the way I even see myself and I no longer fulfill the lust of the flesh because I find myself walking in the spirit and I'm a pretty fruity person by that time. I mean, there's just love, joy, and peace. That's by our heads. We need this. Maybe this morning you're still in the Adams family. <laughs> you need to get in the in Christ family. How do you do that? You surrender your heart, your life to Him. You surrender from your heart. And say, I want you, Lord. I want to follow you, live for you. I want to be this new person on the inside. If you mean that, this prayer that we're about to pray, you'll be brand new on the inside. No one looking around at you this morning, just lift your hand and say, that's me. And maybe you're watching online. Same thing there in your home. You can set Jesus Christ. It's the greatest decision that you'll ever make as the Lord of your life. He died for you. He went to the cross for you. The Bible says even when you were enemies against him, even before the foundation of the world, he loved you for unconditional love. Will you receive that love? Will you accept him today? Right now is your moment of salvation. Let's repeat this, this prayer. Just mean it from your heart. Say, God, I thank you for Jesus who died for me, who took my sins, my guilt, my fears, who bore it all for me 
I call upon you, Lord, to be my Savior and my Lord. I will follow you all the days of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this life that you have planned for me. I thank you for loving me. And I thank you, Lord, for showing me that my situation isn't hopeless. But God has made a way of escape. And I can be transformed and changed. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, amen, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.